0: Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. Good morning, Sozo. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. Pray you are doing well. My name is Mark. My wife and I serve as the lead pastors here at Sozo. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. It's a good day to be in the house. Amen. Amen. Um, real fast. I know we. It's been a. It's been a very full morning. It's been a good morning. It's been a full morning. Um, but we uh, have a few more quick things that we need to to cover here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Um, Want to give you all a update? Actually, let's start with this. Back to church Sunday. Everybody say back to church Sunday. Um, back to church Sunday is awesome. Now, now I want to remind those of you who call Sozo your home church, who call this, I'll call this place home. Um, we we believe that part of our call to make this our church is that we are called to be a generous people. So you are. Come on, a generous people. So we, we call for our generosity, not just money. A lot of people say, oh, churches are just after my money. And so I want to make it clear, we are, we are after way more than just all of your money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we teach around here that we're supposed to be generous with our time, our talent, our treasure, and our testimony. And this morning, I want to remind us of one of those ways that we ask you to be faithful with your testimony. I think I've got some people passing buckets. Do I have people? Bucket passers start bucket passing um i'm going to ask all of y'all to grab one of these packs we're going to give you six of these to invite people to church this week here's my challenge to you if this is your church hand all six of these out this week and bring somebody to church with you next week amen, amen. amen. they were more excited over there this week what's up i thought y'all were where all my charismatic people Sad. i thought those were my liturgical people come on we're going to bring we're going to bring lost people to church next week amen Amen. And, and the cool thing about this uh, for us is, is that uh, we make it as easy as possible for you. We've got Swell Coffee coming beforehand to give out a bunch of free, really good, yummy coffee. That's good, right? So you don't have to drive through anywhere. You can just come right here. We'll buy your coffee. Uh, and we've got a barbecue afterwards. You can bring a side dish if you are able. We would appreciate that. And we're going to feed you. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. Kids are going to have fun. You're going to have fun. And if you don't like it, we'll give you your money back because it's free. Um, So so go ahead and and, and grab one of those, hand those out. Um, Real fast, uh, next quick thing, uh, while while they're finishing passing those buckets, uh, just a quick update on Emmanuel. Um, as we've uh, as we've talked, Emmanuel is what we're doing for Christmas this year. Christmas falls on a Sunday. And so what the Lord laid on our heart was we have purchased airtime on KHQ, and we're going to broadcast an opportunity to encounter the Holy Spirit and hear the gospel to over a million people in this part of the state, northern Idaho and Montana. Amen? Um, and I'm excited to share with you... Uh, Next week, we're going to be receiving our offering uh, for that so that you can pour into it. I'm excited to share next week with you some of the ways that God has already begun to, pro- begun to provide. It's absolutely amazing. Confirmation after confirmation just keeps coming in that this is what the Lord would have for us. So I'm excited to share that with you. Uh, but I was, I was corrected by, by somebody um, because I messed up on something. I told you that the Lord asked us to do this, and so I knew we needed to procure the airtime. We needed to produce the actual 30-minute Um, broadcast and we needed to uh, find the provision for it remember Uh, and and just to prove that God is as into alliteration as I am this person corrected me because I I said to you all that that your part was uh, that all of us got to play a part in the in the in the um, providing for this right But there's one other thing that I forgot to mention that is just as vitally important as all of that other stuff. I'm going to go out and say, if we did all that other stuff and we missed this one, we would utterly fail. And I missed this one. So F minus minus for me. Um, We need to pray. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Because how many of you know that uh, just because it airs doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's going to move? So, uh, so we want to be encouraging you to be praying. We're working on some strategies to communicate prayer needs around this, give us, give us a, a way to unite around this. That stuff will be coming. Uh, but this week, I want to ask you to be praying. The recording begins this week. So please be praying. Uh, our, our hope is, yes, to do this with excellence, but come on, I need some, I need some charismatic people. We need the Holy Spirit to move through this. Amen? Um, so we want to bathe this thing in prayer. We want to we see God move mightily. Uh, we're excited about it. Amen? Amen? Who's excited about it? Okay, good. I'm in the right church. Um, let's go ahead and jump in. We've got a lot to cover this morning, and, uh, and we, have, we have goodies for you to eat afterwards. So I'm buying extra time from you by giving you goodies to eat afterwards. Um, amen. Thank you, Angie. Uh, if you, uh, Angie has let me know if you have problems with how long I preach, you can go talk to her. So um, she's, the, she's my official time bodyguard. So... Um, and I would not mess with her if I were you, just saying, just saying, just saying. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 15, verses 25. We're going to read all the way into 16, verse 1. Um, and I, I'm excited about what we get to cover this morning. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you found that in your Bibles, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. We are going to read two verses before we get to those. Uh, we read these last time we were together. I just want to make sure uh, that they're kind of in our hearing and we understand these things. Because... Jesus as I mentioned last week Jesus is speaking to a specific group of people about a specific experience that they're going to have And we have to understand that there's stuff for us to glean out of that. Amen But our experience is not going to be exactly like their experience So I want to make sure we understand the world that we're living in So uh, I'm going to ask us to read these together. This is Galatians chapter 5 verse 18. Let's read this But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law And then Romans ten four tells us why Romans ten 4, let's read this for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. How many want to say amen, and that's good news? Amen. Let's go to John now. John chapter 15. Uh, what verse did I say? We're starting in 25. Verse 25. I can find it in my Bible. I do this for a living. Jesus speaking here says, But the word that, that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16, verse one, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Let's, let's pray together this morning and ask the Lord to speak to us. Holy spirit, we thank you for your word. Come on, can I get anybody who wants to thank Jesus for his word this morning? I said, pray with me, not listen to me pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it is a living and active word, not a dead and a passive word. We thank you, God, that it, it comes to us. It meets us where we are, but it takes us where we need to go. And so, Lord, we, we ask, God, for ears to hear, hearts to receive, feet to respond. We ask to know that those things are ours in you. So we lay aside every distraction, every discouragement, every side road, everything that might come to try to rob from us the treasure that you desire to give us today. We ask that you would speak and we would hear, that we would hear and we would receive, that we would receive and we would respond. Lord, we don't want to leave this place thinking the same way we thought when we walked in. We don't want to leave this place responding the same way we responded when we walked in. We want to leave knowing even more all that you have accomplished for us, all, of that, all that you have done for us, all that is ours in you, and that we might live that out to the fullest expression possible, that you might receive the glory that is due your name, the world might be filled with the good that you desire for it, In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said? Everybody said? Greet somebody around you real fast and grab yourselves a seat. amen amen guys are too friendly we're going to go ahead and uh, and jump into kind of a a new little a new little season in the midst of our series through john we've been in john for a while and uh, we've kind of, if, you, if you've tracked with us through this, you know that we sort of end up landing in these pockets where God sort of starts to drill down into some things. And we've, we've just come out of a season where, where we have been reminded of our continual call, come on, to abide in Christ. That, that resting is not something we do so that we can then go out and work, but resting is something we're called to do continually and constantly. That everything that we are called to comes out of the place of resting in him. That like a branch cannot produce unless it abides in a vine, we cannot produce unless we abide in him. Amen? Amen. And out of that, we also were challenged in this idea, and this, this is still something, if I'm going be honest with you, still something that if I linger on too long, I end up in a puddle of tears. And that is this: that you, you, you are loved to the same measure and with the same means that the Father loves his Son. You are cared for, that when the Father looks at you, he desires to care for you, to provide for you, to, 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 to give himself to you. come on, just like he does Jesus. Do you want to know how loved you are by the Father? Do you want to know? He didn't give himself for you. He gave something better than himself he gave his son. Come on, dads, I need some backup here. There are people, listen, there are people, listen, there are people in this room, I'm not making this up, that I would die for. Ain't nobody in this room that I'd kill my son for. But what did the father do? When it was time to show his love for you, what did he do? He gave his only begotten son. Why? because he loves you. So we've been challenged to rest in the Son knowing that we are cared for as beloved to the Father. Come on, somebody. And what the Lord is leading us into now in the midst of this text is this idea that that as we abide in Christ, come on, as we we learn to, to live as the beloved being cared for by the Father, that he's not even just satisfied with that. He now desires to give us his very spirit to be with and ultimately to be in us. So if you're taking notes, I want to start us kind of prequel, come on, nerds in the room. I want to kind of hobbit the Lord of the Rings here for a second. Amen. We're going to really start this next week, but I want to I want to talk to you under the title He is better. Come on, he's he How many people like better more than not better? I like better more than not better. I know that's controversial today to like better more than, because everything's controversial. Twitter hates everything. So, but come on, he's better. So this is a, a look at the supremacy of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, and I want to just kind of remind us here, let, let's, let's, let's remember the verse that we just read, because I want to I put us in the shoes of this, the disciples for the first part of this, and then we'll, we'll move on. This is what Jesus says, but the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. And I want you to hear Jesus say that As a first century Jewish boy Because here's here's my big question If the fulfillment of the law Requires the rejection of Jesus How are the disciples to now live? What is supposed to orient the disciples If Jesus says look They're living according to their law They're doing exactly what the Torah tells them to They gotta reject me they have, to, they have to hate me, they have to reject me, they have to, they have, to have nothing to do with me. If they're going to be good Jewish people, we, we touched on this when we, were, when we hit John 6. Does everybody remember John 6? Jesus, Jesus stands up and he goes, hey, he had a huge crowd, he finally got success, he finally got the nickels and the noses, he finally got the butts and the bucks, and Jesus stands up, and he, he of course, being Jesus, is going to placate to keep his audience, Right? No, he stands up with the biggest crowd he's ever had and he goes, hey, by the way, if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you can go to hell. And all the little Jewish kids were like, mm-hmm, and they all just kind of slipped out the back. And, 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 and so because he lost his crowd, he was worried about losing his disciples. So he said, hey guys, let me explain what I meant. No, he turns to his disciples and he goes, aren't you guys going to take off too? And here's why I know that they're not gonna take off now because of what they responded. They said, where else can we go? Who else has the words of life? Yeah. See, the disciples can't unsee what they've seen. They can't unknow what they've learned. And so when Jesus says, look, if you're gonna fulfill the law, if you're gonna live as a good Hebrew Israelite Jew, you gotta reject me. You have to. You have to reject me. What that means the disciples now have a choice. Reject Jesus or reject the law, and if they reject the law, they've got to be wondering, how are we going to live? See, we, we struggle to understand this because we don't grasp really the width and the breadth and the depth of just how much the law shaped everything in their life. There was no area of the law that, that no area, rather, of life that the law didn't touch. It dictated what you ate. It dictated how you dressed. It dictated where you went, what, where you went at certain seasons. How you, It determined how you lived your life down to what kind of crops you were allowed to plant and what kind of fields. And Jesus goes, hey, if you're going to live like that, you can't be with me. Did you hear that? See, we just kind of glance over this like, well, yeah, I mean, the bad people had to. No, he says that, that the, according to their scriptures, they have to do this the scriptures did everything and so i imagine the disciples were sitting there going okay okay jesus so you're getting rid of that law so you're going to give us a better law you're going to give us like an you're going to give us a new and improved version you're going to give us like a new and improved scriptures And Jesus shocks them by doing something that they would have never dreamed possible. He says, no, 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 I'm not going to give you a new external law. I'm not going to give you a new scroll to follow. I'm not going to give you new tablets. Rather, I'm going to so completely bring redemption and reconciliation that you're going to come back to the place of my spirit, come on, being with you. What Jesus is ultimately, I think, trying to show them here is this that the law is like Egypt. Now, if you weren't raised around the Bible, let me help you a little bit here. So, so God, God had a guy named Abraham. Father Abraham, he had many sons, because many sons had Father Abraham, okay? And, and there came a time, right, where, where Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob, and Jacob had a whole mess of sons, and, and, and he was living, in, and, and ultimately, because of a famine, the, and I'm skipping a lot of good stuff. Just It's all in here and it's for free, but you can read it. But, but because of this famine, the, the, the family of God ended up going to Egypt. And because of Joseph, listen, Egypt was the salvation of Israel. They would have all starved to death and died had God not brought them to Egypt. But if you fast forward until the cartoon, right? The Prince of Egypt the thing that was their salvation now becomes their enslavement. See, 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 Egypt was their salvation until it wasn't. The law, what Jesus is saying, the law was their salvation until it wasn't. And Jesus is saying, look, that's been fulfilled. If you're going to fulfill this, you've got to reject If it's going to come to its completion, we, we've, got to, we've got to recognize this. And instead of offering them a new and improved law, instead of offering them an upgraded religion, Jesus does the unthinkable. He transitions them from namas to pneuma. You should all be very confused. Let's learn some Greek. Namas. Namas is the Greek word that Jesus uses here for law. Uh, It literally means ordinance, ruling, and decisions. Again, understand this was the thing. These were the ordinances they lived by. These were the rulings that God had laid down. This was the decisions that were already made. This was what dictated their entire existence. Before, they were called to follow the namas, the law. That's what they were called to do. Now Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I'm going to bring my spirit, my pneuma, Spirit literally means wind, breath, or way of thinking. They used to follow the namas. Now they were called to follow the pneuma. No longer called to just hear the word, but now they are called to follow the wind. See, he doesn't give them an upgraded version of the law. He doesn't, He okay, let's just get here. Let's just get this on the table so I can get the emails. Too many of us think Jesus came to do away with the religion of of Judaism and start the religion of Christianity. In reality, Jesus came to abolish all religion and bring us back into right standing with him. And this is what I'm talking, he's he's not telling them, hey, hey, um, the Old Testament was cool, but I'm gonna give you the New Testament now. No, 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 How, come on, we love the Bible around here, amen? Find me six other charismatic churches that make you stand when you read the Bible and I'll give you a dollar. Right, we love the Bible, right? This is not, let's disconnect, the Bible. we don't need the Bible, let's throw it out, who cares? No, 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 we are committed to the scriptures, we love the scriptures, but come on, the, the Trinity is not made up of the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. It's made up of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus here is saying, listen, you used to have the law. You used to know the word. You used to hear and obey the word. Now I want you to learn how to follow, how to feel, how to know the breath, the wind, the way of thinking of the spirit of God. To go from an external set of rules that, that guide my behavior to an internal spirit imparting a new belief and ultimately a new being. Pneuma is a life, a way of thinking. Where there was once a law that brought death, now there is a, now there would be a spirit that would bring life. I want you to just jot these down. I don't have time to go here. Just, just jot these down. Exodus 32, 28. Exodus 32, 28. This is where God gives the law. They're at Mount Sinai, Moses is up there, Moses comes down, they've all, they've all already broke all the Ten Commandments. They built Vegas at the bottom of the mountain where God wanted to meet them. They'd already broken the law, so Moses, in his anger, throws the law at them, and the Bible says 3,000 people die that day. Fast forward a few thousand years later, and we're at the day of Pentecost. We're at Mount Zion, not about Mount, Mount Sinai, and the Holy Spirit descends, and what happens? 3,000 people get saved. Come on, I know that it's not trendy right now to say this, but there are some things that are better than other things. And I'm here to tell you, without apology, the Spirit is better than the law. And what Jesus here is telling them is, look, you, you, you know the law, you know the word, you've heard the word, but the word brings death. I'm here to, to bring the spirit, come on, which is going to bring life. He's trying to teach them, okay, he's trying to teach them that, that there's a better way to increase elevation. See, see if I tell you that the, if I, if I got up here and got real prophetic, and I said, the Lord, ah, you got to, ah, that makes it prophetic. <laughs> His calling, ha. You to, ha, go, ha, higher, ha. And the, the, the instinctive thing that we do, come on, when we hear God's calling us higher, is we go, okay, I, gotta, I better get my pack, and I better get some rope, and I better get some, I better get some, 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 some climbing gear. We got to climb the mountain. And that's one way to get higher. Jesus here, I believe, is saying there's another way. You can ride a thermal. You can either use your own strength. Come on, somebody. You can either use your own uh, you know, uh, thinking and your own scheming and your own plans and try to work your way up the mountain. Or Come on, you can just get in a plane and ride the strength of something else. You can just get into a hang glider. Come on, and ride some thermals up to that height. And Jesus here is saying, before you trusted in your own strength, your own capacity, your own discipline to make your way up the mountain, I'm here to tell you there's a wind coming. And if we can learn to ride the thermals, we'll get to places that our own strength could never get us. Because most of us, most of us, metaphorically speaking, and practically, suck at climbing. Come on. He's calling us up. He's calling us up. He's freeing them from living under the Pentateuch to live under the Perikletos. Let's learn some more Greek. Let's learn some more Greek. So so the word Jesus, I want to be clear, the word Jesus used for law is namus. But the way they would have thought of the law is this word Pentateuch. The, The word Pentateuch literally is the name given to the first five books of the Old Testament in Greek. In Hebrew, we call it Torah. In Greek, they would have called it the Pentateuch. This is the first five books. And he says, "No, no, no! You're not gonna, you're not gonna have the Pentateuch anymore. You're going to have the Helper, the Perikletos. This is this is a complicated word that I, I we will get into digging into this word later. I don't have time today." Um, it means helper, comforter, advisor. It's a legal representative in a court case. When you, were, when you, had, a, when you had somebody who was coming against you and, and bringing charge against you, it was sort of your defense attorney is one, one aspect of what this is. If you look in, in different translations of the Bible, you'll find that this word gets translated a lot of different ways. Ultimately, what he was telling them is that life is no longer about living in conformity, but about living with the comforter. Again, understand, these first five books of the Bible would have, would have laid out the cultural expectations for everything in their life. Clothing, food, schedule, calendar. You get that the, that the Hebrew people have an entirely different calendar than every other nation in the world. That's how, that's how utterly separate God was trying to make his people from everybody else. That's how utterly different And Jesus now comes and says, look, it's it's not about that anymore. I'm now taking you from from trying to live in conformity to, to these external rules to now begin to live in the abiding reality of the comforter. The law brought a demand for conformity or there would be condemnation. But the Spirit brings comfort and a convincing that you belong to him. Before it was, you, you, have to, you have to follow, you have to know and memorize and follow these five books or else you cannot be included. I mean, is anybody else impressed by that? Do you understand that, that the Jewish people at the time would have had memorized the first five books of the Bible? Yeah. Memorized. Quick, what's your spouse's phone number? <laughs> I don't know. I push the face on my phone and it calls her. I swear, if the Safeway number in, wasn't her number, I wouldn't know what the number was. <laughs> Embarrassing fact, my oldest child, we were somewhere, and somebody said, oh, what's your phone number? And, and I, they, they asked her, and, and she kind of looked at me, and I'm like, no clue. No, I mean, literally, I, right now, she just said it like two days ago. Still don't know what it is. I don't know any of my kids' phone numbers. I just Pull my phone. Dude. These people had the first five books of the Bible memorized. I forget my own birthday. <laughs> Come on, th- this, this is, this is, this is the level of weight they would have had to carry. And Jesus here is saying, look, where there was, where there is a demand for conformity before, now I'm going to give you a comforter who meets you in your distress, who meets you in your need, who meets you in your time of suffering, who meets you in your hour of distress. How long had these kids carried, come on, the weight of the law around with them? And here Jesus is saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead now I'm going to give you a comforter. The promise of the comforter, here's the amazing thing, was not based on their performance. He's not saying, hey, if you, if you do well for long enough, come on, then I'll, I'll come and hang out with you. Understand, again, I don't have time to get into the, 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 the nuance of the Greek here, but understand that the only reason, come on, the only reason you would need a parakletos, a comforter, a helper, an advocate, would be because you were in court. Now, I know that we live in a country where you are innocent until proven guilty. Amen? <laughs> Except on Twitter. Um, right? Like, like that's, that's the law. But, but how many of you know, you... you the, the assumption, right? The the sort of the sort of disposition. Even when I said that to y'all, you're innocent. People are like, well, kind of, yeah. right? Like, there's there's already this this predisposition. If you're in a place, what I'm trying to say is this: If you're in a place where you need a defense attorney, you're already in trouble. You've zigged a few times when you probably should have zagged, right? <laughs> So this is not based on some sort of performance. This is not based on, hey, if you do good enough, then I'm gonna go ahead and let the comforter come hang out with you. No, he's saying, I'm just going to give this to you. What I'm trying to tell you is you cannot earn the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can learn to honor the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, and we should, but you can't earn it. You can't achieve it. See, the law calls them to adhere to tradition. The Spirit grants them adoption and transformation. Holy Spirit comes and utterly changes who we are and that transformation of our being changes our behavior without even aiming at it. Both of these happen. Both this, both, both this learning to honor him and learning to, to, to receive our new being when we embrace this truth And here's where I want want to try to turn this and help. Okay, that was kind of the world they lived in. What's the world we live in? We've got to grasp this too. God had given his people a guardian. Now he has given himself to be our guide. God had in times past given his people a guardian. Now he chooses to give himself to us as our guide. We read this before last week, but I want to I read this again. And this week, because I read it already in the ESV, I'm going to get some more emails and read the Passion. Because just, I, just like, I just like your emails. Um, <laughs> this is Galatians chapter 4. In a similar way, God has promised our ancestors something better. But as long as an heir is a minor, he is not much different than a servant though he is master over all of them. For until the time appointed by the father, when he comes of age, the child is under, catch this, domestic supervision of the guardians of the estate. So it is with us. When we were juveniles, we were enslaved under the hostile spirits of the world. Remember, everyone who currently loves Jesus used to hate Jesus. That's what the scriptures teach us. It takes a supernatural work of the Spirit to cause you to love God. Amen? This is what he's talking about. We used to be enslaved under the hostile spirits of the world. But when that era came to an end, and the time of fulfillment had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the written law. Yet all of this was so that we... Would re- so that he, rather, would redeem and set free all those held hostage to the written law so that we would receive our freedom and a full legal adoption as his children. That's where Christians say amen. So, 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 so I don't want to get emails about like, well, you're, you're, you're telling us that there's no more rules and there's no more. I'm just reading you the Bible. Jesus comes written under, the, the, written under the, the, the namas and the Pentateuch, and he delivers all of us who were also born under that. He has delivered all of us. Verse 6. And so that we would know for sure that we are his true children. Because he delivered, he doesn't just leave us free from the law. He says, now that you're free from that, I'm going to to cause you to come into the full maturity of your adopted status as the sons of God in the earth. Again, I thought two Christians would be excited about that. And and in order to prove this to us so that we would know for sure that we are his true sons, God releases the spirit of, of sonship into our hearts Moving us to cry out intimately, my father, you, our, our true father. Now we, now we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God, being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, we, we have, we can access everything our father has. How many of, come on, come on. How many of you really believe that? You can access everything God has. If that doesn't bother you, I'm glad you weren't raised in the kind of religion that I was raised up in. Because I read that and I'm like, that can't mean that. Why is it? For we are heirs of God through Jesus, the Messiah. See, we used to have a guardian we used, to, we used to need, come on, we used to need a guardian, somebody to protect us, somebody to, 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 to be with us. But now God is saying, no, no, now I'm going to be your guide. Let me put it this way. The law was given to impose limitation, but Holy Spirit comes to impart liberation. The, lo- the idea was this. Jesus had not yet come, come on, to liberate his people. So what was given was something not not that would make them liberated, but would be a preserving work, a preserving it, a guard, a guardian, a a teacher, a guide to to show them the reality of who God is and how corrupt sin has caused us to be. That, that, That revelation is never going to save you. You recognizing how much you suck without Jesus is not going to get you to Jesus. Come on. Where the law was meant to to restrict, to, listen, listen, to protect, to preserve, just like, I said it earlier, just like Egypt. Egypt was salvation, come on, to Israel, until it wasn't. I think it stopped being salvation to Israel when they started killing their babies and enslaving them. Let me just rip the band-aid off. Religion is good if you can't get to Jesus. But Jesus and the Holy Spirit in your life is better than religion. Religion. Too many people are confusing right behavior with transformation. You learning how to how to behave around other Christians is not your life being transformed. You learning how to not be so hungover on Sunday morning that you can't make it to church is not your life being transformed. Okay, 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 thank you. You learning to bite your tongue is not what the gospel's after. You learning how to just grit your teeth and discipline your way into not being a jerk so much is not the gospel that is being preached. But so many of us have settled for that. So many of us have settled, and I'm not picking on anything, but so many of us have settled for 12-step programs that work. And look, here's what I'm trying to say to you. If the 12-step program is stopping you from looking at the stuff you shouldn't look at, drinking the stuff you shouldn't drink, smoking the stuff you shouldn't smoke, whatever it is, I'm happy for that. But I'm telling you, don't stop there. Because, because, because okay, the law was given for limitation the Holy Spirit comes for liberation. Amen? Let me say it this way. The imposition of limitation is appropriate in the face of immaturity, but is an insult to the fully developed. Do I need to read that again? Imposition of limitation is appropriate in the face of immaturity. It's appropriate. It's right and good. Parents. Parents. When your kids are immature, it's right and good to have some restrictions on them. Amen? There are, but, but, but as they mature, come on, and all of us, all of us struggle with with how much how much okay, how much throttle and how much clutch, right? Like with our kids as they get older, right? Am I the only one? I'm the only you guys all were just wonderful parents. You figured out all your stuff, and I'm just the guy who needs help. Thanks. I'm glad I'm here for you to help me. If I was half as righteous as y'all think you are, we wouldn't even have a problem. Um, <laughs> right, so so the, there are things that are appropriate when they're young, but as they get older, come on, things need to, they need to have more freedom. In the face of immaturity, limitation is the right thing to do. But as maturity comes, as development comes, we've got to, things have got to shift and change. Come on, let me, let me just, let me just, let me just, let me just. Breastfeeding an infant, appropriate. Breastfeeding a teenager, not appropriate. Right? As development happens, things have got to shift. The things that used to be life and good, there comes a point where those things can no longer be. Limitation is appropriate where there's immaturity. But but where there's maturity... It's inappropriate. It's odd. But here's here's the problem. Maturity as sons of God does not come by discipline and striving. I'm going to read that again because y'all need to hear that. Maturity as sons of God, as the people of God. Maturity doesn't come as I learn to be more disciplined, as I learn to strive better as I learned to, to improve my report card. That's not what maturity is. It's not, it's not I've memorized enough Bible verses, I've prayed enough prayers, I've sacrificed and served enough. It comes by being pierced by the awareness that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter five, verse 13. Let's read out the Passion again. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. So how do you get off milk? You get pierced by the revelation that you are already done, finished, final. Jesus is not working anymore. You are the finished, final work of Jesus. You are now, currently, presently, right now, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You go, but I don't, you can argue with the Bible. You'll lose, but I, my behavior is still. I'm not saying you, you, you don't need to learn how to live that righteousness. Please hear me. We've got to understand that, that righteousness, being mature, is not learning how to behave better. See, all religion can tell you, come on, all religion can tell you is do, 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 do. The gospel comes and says, done, 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 done. It's done. It's finished. The work's complete. Enjoy it. Learn to live in it. Learn to access all that's yours. Again, everything that the Father has, you have been adopted. And Jesus has accomplished everything necessary to bring you back to being his son. So now go and enjoy all of that. Quit looking like you were baptized in lemon juice. <laughs> but we, we just want to run back to the do-do-do-do-do stuff. Instead of living in the freedom of dun 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 dun, he, he paid for it all already. It's accomplished, it's finished, it's over, it's done. Our maturity is a gift granted to us through the revelation that you are as much who you are designed to be as he is who he is. We talked about this in the past. I don't have time to go back into all of it. Righteousness, I know a bunch of y'all were taught like I was taught, like I taught. Righteousness is right standing with God. Which is great, that sounds wonderful, but here's the problem. Is God righteous? Yeah. Who's he in right standing with? And somebody came to me up to me after I said that one time, I was like, well, that's why there's the Trinity. No. Stop it. Righteousness doesn't mean right standing with God. Righteous, righteousness, literally, as you dissect what the words that make up the word, righteousness means one who is in the state as he ought to be. Now, the state that we ought to be in is in right standing with God. Tracking with me? But, but the idea of the word is not that God restored you back to right standing because how are you then the right standing of Jesus? No, the idea is that he restores us back to who we are supposed to be. And when we stop listening to the whisper, to the nag, to the grinding of religion that says, you better do this stuff so you can be who God says you are. Is that not the the message of religion? Do this so you can be what God says you are. But Jesus says it's done. Jesus says it's finished. Jesus said he paid it all. Jesus is, is, is now seated at the right hand of the Father. See, maturity does not come to us because we figure our stuff out and learn how to behave better. It comes to us when we, when we, when we come under the idea that true righteousness is to be in the state of one who is as he ought to be. Here, here's what I need you to understand, because I get, I get these pushback from somebody on, and I, I, I joke about, but it's, I understand stuff we got to wrestle with, and I'm happy to wrestle with. Wrestle through this stuff with you. I get accused of giving people license to sin. I've jokingly said, but it's not really a joke, no one in the history of humanity has ever needed a license to sin. You're plenty good at it without a license. I'm not giving you a license to sin. I'm giving you a license to live as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. Behavior always comes in alignment with your being. Behavior always comes in alignment with your being. If you're told you are a worthless, no good idiot, you will live your life. If you, when you believe that, when that gets down into your gut, you will live as a no good, worthless idiot. Hey, anybody ever? I can prove this to you. I grew up in an area, spent some time, I shouldn't say I grew up, I've never grown up, um, I, I spent some time in my, in my elementary years living in a very wealthy suburb of Houston, Texas. All my friends' parents were millionaires, they, they were, they were huge, hugely successful, um, very, very, very well-off people. Um, and and I, I lived in this environment. My parents moved us there because the schools are really good, right? Like we, I, I, I was the poor kid in school. My parents were very well-off too, but compared to these people, right, because you only know things compared to other people. Right, And so, so I, I lived there. And, and here's the funny thing is I've sort of kept track of some of my friends. Some of these guys, listen, are, 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 are not the most disciplined. They're not the brightest. They're not that good at business. But all of them that were raised up in this environment of just knowing that, hey, this is the way we live our life. This is the outcomes that we expect from our life is success and wealth and money. Some of these guys have done everything wrong in their life, and yet they still continue to be financially successful. Why? Because they believe that's who they are. I'm not talking about some stupid law of attraction garbage and, and put it out in the universe and it'll come back to you. I mean, when you know who you are, that's how you live. I, I've shared this before. I have, I have the coins from anonymous groups, okay? I went there, I earned the coins. Eventually, I had to come to a place where I could not stand up in another anonymous group and say, hi, my name's Mark and I'm an addict because I knew I wasn't anymore. I wasn't an addict anymore. There is, there is no more a chance, listen, of me relapsing into drug addiction as there is of me going on, a, on some sort of mass killing suicide mission. It's not who I am. There's no more hook there anymore. When I have a bad day, I don't think about that anymore. I don't go there. Why? Because I know who I am in him. What I'm trying to tell us, what I'm trying to get to us, what I'm trying to get through our brain, come on, and down into the fiber of our being is that you are. Are the righteousness of God in Christ. So live like it, yes, but until you know that's who you are, it's just a mask you're wearing, it's just a part you're playing. And God gives us His Holy Spirit to come within us to prove to us that that's who we are, to liberate us from all of that. Again, the the, the law was given it to impose limitation, Holy Spirit comes to impart liberation. But hear hear, hear this. As long as you see yourself as a sinner, as long as you see you will struggle to live as a son. And and I'm I'm just just gonna tell you the truth. Can, can Can I tell you the truth? Can preachers tell you the truth? Are we allowed to do that? Living as a son, 2,700 times better than living as a sinner. It just is. It's more fun it's more fulfilling. It's easier. There's one you don't hear in church, is it? Living as a son of God is easier than living in sin. As long as we struggle, as long as, we, as, long as our, our primary thought is, well, I, I'm just pastor, 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 just a sinner saved by grace. You're right. You you were a sinner saved by grace. I looked it up. I did the math for 2.7 nanoseconds, and then you were a son of God. (whistles) You 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 can't live. Come on, you are not a mer person. You you are not half fish, half person. You are not designed to live sometimes as a sinner and sometimes as a son. There are no amphibians in the kingdom. Come on, either, either, listen, listen, listen. Here's here's the big controversy. This is the thing I've lost, I've literally, I'm not making this up, I've lost friends over this. You are either as righteous as God is righteous or you are not righteous at all. There is no, (laughs) it's binary. I know, I'm sorry. Um, It's either or. Well, I'm just learning to grow in my righteousness. You, You can't learn to grow in your righteousness. You can learn to be more convinced that you are righteous, but you can't grow in righteousness. Either you are or you're not. And I'm not standing up here and telling everybody that you are. I'm telling everybody that you can be. And if you have, if you've repented and you believe, if you have been converted, if you are saved, then you are right now. Not when you get your stuff together. You are right now, right now. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Am I the only one that, like, if I would have heard this 15 years ago, my life would have been very different. And what I'm trying to get us to understand is the Holy Spirit comes now to, to live in us and with us and through us to convince us. Come on, that that's who we are. To convince us that that's our being, so that we can then, so that we can then explore all that there is for us in God. I love, I love the Chronicles of Narnia. Anybody else love the Chronicles? I love the Chronicles of Narnia. Anybody else really scared that Netflix owns that and they're going to try to make that into shows? I'm scared. Um, but that's, that's for another prayer meeting. So what, one, of, one, of my, one of my favorite lines, one of my favorite elements in, 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 the, in the Chronicles of Narnia if, if the, the last book, last battle, conclusion of all things, and, and I'm not going to get into all of it, but, but, but I don't want to, no spoilers, you know, because I don't know if you haven't read it. Um, don't want to ruin it because you haven't had a chance. It's been out for a few years. Um, <laughs> as Aslan takes them into the fulfillment of all that he, his, his land, his, his place, the fulfillment of, of all that their hearts long for, the call in that moment is further up and further in. Yeah. Further up and further in. And as they go, things get brighter and clearer and bigger and grander and the food tastes better and everything is just better and that the colors are more vivid. And what I'm trying to tell you is that's the land we live in now. But pastor, I'm waiting to go to Beulah land. <gasps> Some, of Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. You're like, well, well when I fly away, oh glory, that's when I get to do that. No. All that the Father has is yours. The Holy Spirit comes not to be another guardian to withhold from us, come on, but to be our guide as we explore further up, come on, and further in. And as we go further up and further in, colors get more vivid, come on, sounds get more beautiful, life gets more full, food tastes better, and all your wildest dreams come true. No, We're still alive, we still live in this world, but we get to partner, come on, with Holy Spirit as he brings that reality into this reality. As that reality begins to trump this one. And as we come into contact with things that aren't in alignment with that, we are given the authority, we are given the capacity to bring those things into alignment. See, that sounds kind of weird. That sounds like what Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, come on, your will be done when I die and go to heaven. Isn't that what we we're taught to pray? But isn't that what a lot of us pray? Isn't that how a lot of us live? No, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We better get used to seeing some, some beings covered in eyeballs. That's what heaven looks like. Right? Like you see angels in heaven. We, we see angels in, we, we like angels that we paint, right? We like angels with wings, like two, two. We're good with two. No, in the Bible, they got like six. In, in, the, in the Bible, like they describe angels and they're like, yeah, it was just this, this like thing and just eyeballs everywhere. <laughs> and somebody comes up to me and goes, you're a charismatic, don't you want your services to be decently and in order? I do, but I think God has a different definition of decently in order than I do because I would not call eyeballs everywhere decently and in order. I'd call that weird. (laughs) I'm not saying stuff here ain't going to change. Come on. What I'm saying is it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Further up and further in. Here's my call to us. As As we explore what it means as a church... to live in the reality come on of holy spirit being with us come on and not just with us but in us here's my challenge to you you ready you ready you ready take the training wheels off and let's ride our bikes outside the driveway anybody else want to do that I mean, I've had fun with the training wheels. I've had fun with the religious fundamentalism. That's great. But let's, let's take the training wheels off. Let's have the worship team come back up. Come on, right now, let's do this. Yeah. Training wheels off. Let's get outside the driveway. Let's see what happens. Come on. When we stop looking for God to give us an upgraded religion and start finding out what happens when we just live. Come on. When we live guided by him. I brought this up earlier, and I, I do mean this. I believe that God is calling us. I'm talking to Sosa. I'm glad that we have next week, and I have a bunch of guests, and I have a bunch of visitors. You're going to bring your friends, and we're, we're going to do that thing. I'm glad we could have this talk first, though. We're going to keep talking about this because just, that's just who we are. We like, to make un, we like to make guests feel uncomfortable. But I'm glad we could kind of pre-game this a little bit. I believe, listen to me, that in this next season, we are called to to increase our elevation. Amen. But what I want us to when I want us to understand when you hear that, I want you to not hear get your climbing gear. I want you to hear let's put our wings out. Come on. Come on. I would rather ride a thermal than climb a mountain. Come on, I would rather ride a thermal. I know I'm talking weird to some of y'all. That's okay. Just, just learn 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 to, learn to jive with me. I would rather ride a thermal of the spirit to that place than work my way there because i'm just be real with you i can't climb that high i can't i've tried i've tried i can like like i'm really glad that this is not some sort of level-based game come on this is not like a let's level up this is let's just ride the let's just ride the thermals what that's going to take for us listen to me church that's what that's going to take for us is an openness to two things two things, and some of us are going to struggle with one of these and some of us are going to struggle with the other and we got to help each other in our struggle shift analogies here for a second we've got to be wind people, right? right, that's, that's, literally, that's literally what we're called to be Jesus in, in John 3, he said that the spirit is like the wind blows to and fro, you don't know where it comes, or do know where it goes here's what he says though, and so are those born of the spirit so we got to be wind people, we got to be pneuma people We gotta be spirit people. Here's the the picture I see. It's like a a sailboat. Anybody ever been on a real sailboat? It's pretty awesome. Where you're driven literally by nothing but the strength and the speed, and ultimately the direction of the wind. But here's the struggle, there's the two sides. Some of us struggle because we wanna keep our oars in the water. I want to stay in control. I want to decide where I go. I want to decide where the ride ends. So I don't want, I, don't, I, just, I, just, want to, I just want to keep my, I want to stay in control. And for you, come on, we got, to, we got to lift the oars up. We got to put them away. We've got to lift the sail and let him direct us. That's one group. Here's the other group. I'll tell you, this is this is, where I, I'm just, you know, this is where I struggle. Sometimes, sometimes you raise the sail and there's no wind. And I struggle with wanting to make the wind blow. I know y'all are way more spiritual than me. I, here's, what, here's what that looks like in my life. I think I should be farther along than I am. I think I should have my stuff together more than I do. I think, I think, I think this should have already happened. I'm, I'm this old, this, I should already have this stuff accomplished. I should already be achieving this. I should already have, you know, kind of accomplished this. And all I can do is go, sales up. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do. You do. I'm not putting my utter, I'm not putting the rowers back in, I'm not cranking the motor on. If what you want is for me to just sit here for a while, I'm just gonna sit here for a while. If you don't want to say anything, I'll just wait. If you don't want to do anything, just wait. When the wind blows, we'll go. And when the wind doesn't blow, we're not gonna go. Really hard when you see everybody else. Come on, come on, talk to me. It's really hard when everybody else has their utter, their rowers, and their udder going. Their rudder's moving and their, their rowers are going and, and they're 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 kind of diving. They they seen you making progress. You're like, well, what's what's wrong with me? But how many of you know you can go farther and faster on the wind than you can with your own strength? And Jesus comes to say, Listen, the limitation of your own strength is irrelevant time to learn to ride the wind so let's stand to our feet we're going to respond we believe it's right and good to respond when we hear the word amen celebration contemplation communion y'all are familiar with this but let me explain it for those of you who are new with us we remind us for those of us who need the reminder we believe that we are called to celebrate the goodness of god amen we do that primarily through singing to raising our hands through dancing through shouting we're getting a little crazy we're good with all that We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate that he has finished, completed, finalized everything we need for life and godliness. It's ours. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's a reason to celebrate. Amen? Contemplation. We're going to let. Here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. He wants to convince you of just how righteous you are. Which means you're going to have to turn off the videotape of all of the things that you've done that you think prove that you're not the righteousness of God. And turn your attention away from that and onto his voice and into his eyes. Let yourself receive, let yourself, come on, be pierced by the revelation that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now there's another level of contemplation here some of you have heard that, and you, you struggle with it because you go, well, I don't even have anything to do with Jesus in my life. I'm here to tell you that through repentance and faith, you can be, come on, right now, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Through repentance and faith, through repentance, through, through admitting and abandoning, come on, your own self-effort, your own striving, your own trying. Some of you, have, you strive to be as sinful as you can be. Admit and abandon that. Some of you strive to be as religious as you can be. Admit and abandon that. And believe, embrace and entrust Jesus for, come on, listen, everything. Trust him to know who you are. Trust him to provide all that you need. Trust him to be the soul-satisfying joy that you were designed for. Stop looking for all that stuff everywhere else and embrace him for it, amen? The Bible says when you do that, when you repent and you believe, you are born again, you go from being enemy to being family. And I don't have magic words for you to pray. I don't need you to you know, close your head and raise your eyes. I don't need you to lift your hand. I don't need you to repeat after me. I need you to cry out to God with your own words, from your own heart, with your own life receive that gift of repentance and faith and then we have communion we, we celebrate the Lord's table every time we gather together we take by method known as intuition or we take a piece of bread or we have gluten free wafers on the end dip it in the juice and partake we do have Keurig communion in the back if you're not into sharing cups with other people that's cool you can do that these tables are open to all who put their faith in Jesus so you don't have to be a member here you don't have to agree with anything I taught today other than Jesus is Lord amen We'd love for you to take communion with us. If you're not a believer, you're just kind of checking all this stuff out, just kind of kind of, kind of, of diving into all of this. We're not going to ask you to come up and pretend like you're a Christian and take communion. You can just hang out in your seat. No one's going to come around and dismiss Rose. No one will even know. You can just hang out there. The other way that we commune is one with another. We have a team of people over here by the cross that would love the opportunity to stand with you and pray with you. If you have any need in your life whatsoever... Maybe the need in your life this morning is that convincing of the righteousness. They would love to stand with you and pray with you for that. Maybe you're going through a financial, a physical, emotional, relational, spiritual season where you just need God to step in. They would love to stand with you and pray with you. Here's what I want you to know. That is not a religious exercise. That is not a spiritual discipline. That is a supernatural touch point for God to do the impossible. Because with man, come on, some things are impossible. But with God, nothing, come on, is impossible. We sang about it today. Nothing's impossible for him. So bring your impossibilities. And let's stand and believe God to move mightily on our behalf. I'm going to pray, and we're going to press in, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants to do this morning. Amen? As we respond. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you for your abiding presence with us. Thank you for your goodness toward us. We declare that we desire your moving in our midst. Now we declare that we desire you to come and have your way. Come and do what only you can do. Come and be who you are. Come and convince us of your finished and final work. Jesus, we thank you. And we praise you church let's respond to the Lord